0: Welcome to Her Enterprise with me, Melissa.
1: Hey, and me, Kelly.
2: And it's me, Nicole.
0: Join this group of
1: entrepreneurial women building community and masterminding through our problems.
0: So we can all
1: lean into your values,
0: cut what doesn't serve you,
1: and grow in abundance. Let's get to it, changemakers. Okay, welcome to Her Enterprise. This is Kelly, and I'm here with Nicole and Melissa. And um, we're here to talk about decision fatigue. And I picked this topic because I am feeling the decision fatigue in COVID. And basically, if you don't know about decision fatigue, um, we every day we make 35,000 choices by the end of the day. And The best decisions we make and the most energy we have for choices are in the beginning of the day. And then by the time we get to the end of the day, it's like we're drunk on choices and they end up becoming more reckless and hasty. And so being intentional about how many choices we have to make or delegating can kind of improve the quality of our offerings and a lot of areas to help sustain us longer term. So, yeah, we'd already started talking a little bit about it, and it was super exciting. I um, heard so many really great tips, and this is one reason they talk about limiting decision fatigue is to automate and make things a habit, and that was super helpful, For me, like financially or a lot of things, but I loved hearing your guys' stories about breakfast because we have food allergies in our house. And so everybody has like, I have four kids and I'm making three different meals and it's the least efficient way (laughs) for us to do breakfast. But please tell me more about what you guys do. I feel
2: like I'm like in between what you do and then Melissa should tell hers because hers is like fully streamlined, right?
1: Um, I, I mean, highly she's the efficient. She's the streamliner of the group, right? Like she's a professional streamliner. Right. <laughs> um,
2: and I'm sort of in between. Hi, everybody! Thanks for joining us in her enterprise. And I just for breakfast, my children have like three or four choices, and they can pick the same four things. I don't make anything else. They can have this one healthy cereal we have. They can have their wheat waffles, toaster waffles. They do have grains, so I feel like it's healthy. And then they can have their cinnamon raisin toast with cream cheese. And then they can have one other choice if they want. There are these little um, egg sandwiches they can have, but that's it. Like There's no other choices unless it's the weekend. And on the weekend, I'll, if I make something, there's no choice about that. I just make something for everybody or my husband does. But I really like having the same breakfast foods because every morning, and even my five-year-old can make her own waffles if she wants it. She's like, nope, I'm going to make my own. I know what I want. So I usually don't even have to supervise. And I know you're not there yet, Kelly, but you're getting there. But no, mm-hmm. I don't even have to supervise breakfast. They pretty much get it, and I make sure they've all eaten before they get online for school. So that's mm-hmm. it. Melissa?
0: Yeah. Hey, everyone. Melissa here. Um, Yeah. So it wasn't always this way, but right now our process in the mornings is that uh, my kids have a decision or not a decision. Actually, we just have a routine or a habit um, where one day is cereal day and we usually just open one box of cereal at a time. So there's variety of cereal, but usually it's just one box at a time. And when that box is done, then they can open a new box. So on cereal day, they can have cereal day. And on the next day, they have oatmeal day. And so it's just, it keeps flip-flopping, you know, cereal day, oatmeal, cereal day, oatmeal day. And same thing as you, Nicole. Um, My son's been cooking oatmeal for a long time, so it's not something that I even need to watch him do or supervise him. And I even got to the point where I'm starting to, like, supervise my daughter doing it so that hopefully, you know, on the days my son's feeling lazy, she can start doing that, too. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I feel like a, a lot of the things with decision fatigue, too, is, like, take, it's like pulling in the work, like, you have to pull in the work and make those decisions now, right, when you're automating something or streamlining something, you're, okay. you're pulling the work in and making those decisions, and then you don't have to worry about it in the future, so... You know, while the kids were learning how to make the oatmeal, like there was a lot more, you know, work that needed to be done on my part. But now that that's kind of done, I don't have to worry about it. And in the mornings, you know, they can get their breakfast by themselves. It's not something I need to be involved in. (laughs) Yeah, totally.
1: Yeah, I love that like front ending aspect of decision making. I know I'll... Like my days are so busy that I, if, if I get magical moments of like, okay, all the kids are napping and I can get something done. I used to be kind of frozen by trying to make a choice of like, what was, I know I have a million things to do. Like, what was Mm -hmm. I going to do and how do I do that? And that's one, one way I combat that is I'll make kind of two different types of to-do lists that feed my like greater goals. And one is for when I'm brain dead <laughs> and there's like no, like that one is for th- like tasks that take little mental creative energy. And then another list is for tasks that um if I'm feeling really creative and these are ideas I wanted to work on and I have the creative energy to do it, I can do that. And it's been so helpful if like, Oh, I have five minutes and these kids are sleeping or doing something and I can quick shoot out an email. It's done a lot to help me feel productive towards greater goals. And it's kind of front loaded the work. So then I don't get frozen in that choice of like, I don't know, like a deer in headlights. Like suddenly I have time and I don't know what to do with, with all it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I like that. I do something kind of similar. I just do my top three. Um, big things that need to get done each day. And I do it the night before. Um, And I always make one, but I always make one on purpose, the brainless one. And then two are like, like I was working on um, building some email stuff today, some email campaigns, and that was creative. And then, you know, like laundry, putting away laundries, not very creative. I can do it on autopilot, but if I don't think about what I'm doing the next day, even my regular chores sometimes don't get done the same way. And my kids are starting to help more. Um, which really helps streamline stuff too. But that's what I do. It's kind of like your your list, like a mini version though. It's like two big ones and one kind of mindless one.
0: Yeah, I, you know, we're talking about this and the thing that popped into my head right now because um, I'm in the process of editing episode 005, the pivoting episode. Mm-hmm. And in that we talked about a little bit um the list of 100. So, you know, in situations where you get let go, or, you know, uh, these like emergency situations where your mind really doesn't want to be making decisions, you can go back to that list and have, um, you know, different goals or things you wanted to work on. So again, it's like front loading the work, you know, you take time to sit down and do and do some thinking about, you know, what are the big projects you want to do? Right, Kelly. That's yeah. kind of like what you were talking about, right? Well, you were yeah. like, you're, you're yeah. thinking about the big projects you want to get done, and then when you have the time, you can go like, oh yeah, let's pull that out and review uh-huh. that. I, yeah, and, and then I
1: feel I feel better about my life because it feels a little bit more productive, which I've just come to accept that productivity is a personal value that helps me feel happy with my life that if I don't feel productive as lame as it is then I just feel like I'm drowning (laughs) and um but yeah if and usually those goals feed into like my big three so I have like a big three for the quarter ideally a big three for the week. Um but that whole idea of having a process for making decisions and just even recognizing how many micro decisions there are. Um there is one thing like even in a health crisis I find this really helpful. So I have some clients with high needs high needs kids and they um what's interesting is like it's because of a trauma. So it's traumatic for them. And when deciding what kind of care approach to go for their needs for their kids, they've created a model where it's just a couple lines of whatever, even if there's not, they're highly evidence-based people and they love they love that. And a lot of their lives are around that. But they're like, even if there isn't evidence, if it's not harmful, and it's a chance that it could help her, then we'll go for it. But having tools like that, I think, um, like quick questions like, what are your criteria for things to save? Like, as I mean, like with saving money, and what do you make your savings goals or health decisions or different things like that? Making those choices or having kind of a rubric of we'll spend money here and not there
0: can kind of help mitigate those decisions. I think I feel like finances is one of the areas where people can get really stressed out about, or can get really um, worried trying to make decisions. And so one of the things for me personally, um, like we automate our monthly savings into our IRAs and Mm -hmm. into our 401ks. And Um, even our personal allowances, like my husband and I, we, we have combined, um, what do you call that? Combined accounts. Mm -hmm. Um, but we each still get our, our own money. And so even that's not something we need to make a decision about. It's not like, Oh, how much, you know, can we spend on our own fun things? It's like, no, everyone gets this every month and that's just automatically pulled out into our own personal accounts for our f- our fun money spending so that's one other decision that we don't have to worry about that actually trickles down to a lot of small decisions right because now you know if it's below this dollar amount then you know you can go and make that decision by yourself it's like oh i want to get more you know i want to go out to eat with my friends or i want to go get a a treat or whatever and it's below a specific dollar amount we don't need to discuss it and it you know, and we don't need to get okays for it either. So it's just like, I have this spending money, and I can go do that. So th- that I think that's another interesting thing, too, when you automate is that sometimes it trickles down and affects other decisions, like it takes other decisions off your plate, too.
2: Right, it like filters them almost. So you have so you can make less.
1: Yeah, so we do that, too. And I've, like, it can totally um, limit conflict, too, right? So then you're not arguing about different things or feeling stressed out, that you can't spend money on one thing or another. And then you're like, No, we already decided that you can, like, especially if you tend to be more conservative or not. Or, yeah, it's, been super helpful. I like wouldn't save if we didn't automate because I like figured out that's the best way to trick myself. I was like, I just, I never thought I had a problem with money. I just wished it never existed. <laughs> <And> then, like, <laughs> but like once I figured out like automating, that was just such a huge thing for me. I was like, oh, I've been doing this backwards. I thought I had to love math and I don't. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah um, that's so great totally. hey change makers it's kelly and i know money can be terrifying and i just wanted to invite you to join a village of mamas who are tackling the hard issues over at mama's talk money summit this year so check the link in the show notes to register for a Free, but then go ahead and snag the upgrade, so you can keep coming back for so much powerful information. I can't wait to see you there, and I can't wait to cheer you on. You got this.
0: So one of the things we talked about, one of the tools to alleviate um, decision fatigue is, you know, taking that time where you do have some time and planning ahead. Right? That was one of the ways we yeah. can alleviate decision fatigue. But just as important are what decisions are you just choosing not to make, right? Like, what are you just cutting out to not have to worry about? So, you know, what are you ladies, what are the kind of things that you're just like, I'm not even going to spend time worrying about this so that, you know, I don't waste my mental power. Bandwidth, right? Yeah.
2: I, am, I was going to say this, although you're the capsule wardrobe lady, so I want to hear about your um, plan. But one thing I did, which was amazing was moving. And when we moved, we got rid of so many things and especially like clothing. Like I have, I just, everything I I have in my closet, I like, and it doesn't take me a long time to get dressed. I just pick out something and it doesn't take me a long time. And I don't even have a lot. I gave away a lot of perfumes. I think I had like eight or nine perfumes. I'm like, why am I deciding what perfume to wear? I like these two. That's it. So I think like streamlining is really important, Um, especially when then, yeah, you're going to have the next decision is going to be what the kids need. And I just kind of have to be on autopilot for me. I use like one cream to clean and moisturize my face. I use like essential oils and all natural shea butter and that'll put anything else on my face, nothing. I have two products. So like also streamlining beauty products and streamlining, like all of us use the same shampoo and conditioner in my house. Like those kind of things. Um, we also grew out of a baby shampoo, so like we had a new more tears when they were little, but that really helped us a lot. Just cutting out all those extra things.
0: Yeah, I totally hear that. That's we do the same thing and sometimes I feel like I'm like a the weirdo or something because I'm like, yeah, we all use the same shampoo, so we find a scent that is equally fine for men and women and we're just not gonna worry about having 20 bottles and buying 20 different bottles and looking for 20 different products when we're go you know shopping for things we're just gonna we're gonna buy this and this and those you know no decision that's what we're getting Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah no it's so true and maybe as women too like we need to we have so many more decisions we need to make in the day because of you know getting dressed and our beauty routines or our um how we're gonna wear our hair and everything It maybe there's more decision-making that needs to happen as a woman in the morning just to get out the door. Right. So I don't know. I I definitely feel like right now there's a lot of stress going on with COVID, but I know that's one of the things that I haven't really been worrying about is like, no, what do I need to wear to go out of the house right now? Right.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Hmm.
0: But yeah, you're right, Nicole in, uh, I started doing uh, capsule wardrobes because I'm a self-proclaimed minimalist. I prefer to take anything out of my life that's not going to serve me, and yeah. So that's so that takes again some work ahead of time to like pick out the items that I'm going to have for those for, for those three month rotations. But then I know everything works together and fits me, and yeah. So I ahead of time I take away anything that's doesn't fit me do, and. I don't like and then I don't need to worry about it. It's like any of these things technically could go together. So I don't really have to think about it too much. Awesome. How about you, Kelly? What are what are some of the decisions that you're just yeah. like, I'm not even gonna spend my time on that?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it's interesting, because there's so many layers to this, like, in automating like appointments, like dental appointments, or even further out, like our oil change. I'm like, why do I have to call for an oil change? Can't they just put me on and know I need to come every six months for it. But um, yeah, COVID has me really feeling the fatigue. And I know like our other episode, we talk about childcare and all the options. And for two months, I've like really struggled finding solid childcare. Um, that I need for work, and so and just not getting like the kind of quality applicants for um, childcare that I really like want. So I totally just took the leap, and it like hired a like a someone to find a nanny for me, and they like will go through and like of course now I'm getting all the applicants, but they filter through all of the applications and then they make them fill out extensive applications. And they look through all of those. And they break it down, all the applicants down to like three great people for me to interview. So I can't wait. (laughs) And then there are people that meet like all this criteria that I put out there. So I told her, um, like, what schedule do I want? What's our availability? What price point do we want people at? And just kind of commitment level and personality. And she's pretty much a matchmaker for nannies and i'm so excited um and so like just having someone else do that and i tend to like when i delegate choices or like all the little choices that lead up to a bigger choice like it took me months to order a stool like i've been working with a broken stool at my office and the only reason I've been working with it is because I haven't had time to like go online and find one and order it. And then I'm like, it has to be the best one. And then one of my clients who's a dentist is like, you need a news tool and this is the one you need. And she just sent me the link and I was like, perfect. It like meets all of my criteria done. Yep. I will buy that one. But I've had it where I... um I also had like almost like a virtual assistant for my house. Guys, this is the life. This is what you need. So you get a virtual assistance for your house and you call her and you're like, I need someone to help me mow my lawn or I need someone to help me do, um, it was like mowing my lawn, we'll say a roof repair and like some other like home repair that I needed. There were like three things and I was like, can you get me three people to do bids And then I'm free on Thursday and she like found them all scheduled them on Thursday and was Mm -hmm. like, you're there on Thursday. And then she's like, here's your schedule. You'll be there on Thursday and you get to meet everybody. And then you get to pick who you'll see. And it was like, so magical. Like, I don't know. Like I don't know. The way to a woman's health heart is to alleviate the, um, the intellectual and creative burden of just day-to-day living because you're just like here. Anyways, that was the best. I think so delegating and then just saying, give me three options. And that's one other way too, they say is to like limit your options, but um, delegating and say, give me three options. And then I'll pick whatever one of those three look the best.
0: And then, yeah, actually that reminded me of a trick that I read somewhere I don't remember where, but um, it was for when you're going out on dates or something like that. And um, you and your partner can't decide either what to watch or what to eat. And they're like, just pick five. And then the other partner eliminates two. And then the next, and then you go back and eliminate two. Right. So then you don't have to. It's like, don't mention 20 things. Just think of five places you want to eat and say, these are your five choices. And then the other partner goes, "Okay, I don't want those two. And then it goes back to you and you're like, "Okay, I don't want these two. And ta-da, you you made a decision together.
1: I love (laughs) that process.
0: (laughs) I really I feel like
1: the
2: going out to eat thing is hard. We have this running Friday night date night, which actually worked out perfect because we just found this one gym that's open for kids' gym class for three hours, and um, mm-hmm. so we can drop the both off from six thirty to nine thirty. And my older one sometimes we'll take my older one out to dinner with us, and sometimes the two of us just go. And just knowing we have a running date night on Friday night, it makes sure we'll have a chance to talk it's already set up. The babysitting's already figured out. And then we usually go somewhere that's not too far away. We're 20 minutes from downtown, but not too far away, just so we'll back in time to get the kids by 930. And it's been the best. So yeah, anything that you can automate, like you said, get a virtual assistant. I really have a problem. And this is, I guess, a personal thing. I'm not into decorating um, Like my house. It's not my favorite thing. And my sister, um, she has a Corporate job, so she's really busy. She hired when she bought her house. She hired somebody to pick out all the furniture, all the drapes, all everything. They picked out everything for her, and they just ordered everything. So she moved in, and within two weeks, she started getting all her furniture, and somebody else picked it. And I said, that must be amazing. <laughs> um, I just thought yeah. that was a really great strategy, especially for somebody like me. I like like thrift stores and thrifting and finding cool stuff sometimes but then I'll lose steam. And then I won't like, I won't finish it. And then it looks unfinished or mismatched. And that drives me nuts. So I like the idea of hiring a designer and just being like, well, the whole house is done. (laughs)
0: Yeah,
1: well, so I just got, um, I'm moving into a new office for my brick and mortar. And part of it was I went to my chiropractor, and I saw her office and the layout. And I was like, this is gorgeous and amazing. And everything I want, like, it's what I imagined it being. I was like, are there more available? And there were. And then, but it, it, the office that I'm going into hasn't been updated. So, um, so we were, so I just, I literally just said, use whatever you exactly did in her office. I'll just take whatever you did in her office and it's fine. Like, and, and I don't care enough about it, but it seems to be a good enough choice where I'm like, all right, just do it all that way. That's awesome. And then I had one other,
2: I feel like there's one other part of decision fatigue. So when you want to do it, it's not decision fatigue. I feel like sometimes you need to make that distinction. Like I I love accessorizing. It's kind of weird, but I love like earrings and jewelry and whatever So if I have to pick out earrings, it doesn't stress me out. Even though I streamline clothes, like that doesn't bother me. I like picking out different stuff. Um, I feel like sometimes if there's a creative part of you, like if you're a painter and you want to pick the right colors, or if you're doing something creative that makes you happy, you don't mind making the decisions on it. And I, again, like we said, the more we streamline the things we don't care about, like maybe one day I'll get a designer in here to get the rest of my furniture. We've been living here for a year and I still could have a few more carpets, um, You know, then maybe we'll get there, and then we can have save that bandwidth for the stuff we're really that we really want to make the decisions on. And I just like that's important to know. And also, one of the reasons why I wanted to become an entrepreneur is because I wanted to make more income. When I have more income, I can pay to delegate and get rid of those big decisions. I can set them up automatically, whereas my situation before working my nine to five, I I had a cap for how much money I could make. And I could never imagine like, oh, you could never hire this person or that person. You feel like you can't afford it. But I feel like if you're an entrepreneur, you're probably looking to break that ceiling. And that's another way you can, you know, choosing to be an entrepreneur and then choosing to say, now I make enough money to hire a virtual assistant or whatever it is that you need can alleviate some more of the decision fatigue.
0: All right, Those, that's some really good advice, uh, Nicole, because there is a difference, right, between the things that you want to be, uh, like, creatively deciding on. Um,
1: uh, there was one yeah. final point in um, one of the articles I read that talked about sec- how second-guessing yourself can, like, really get you in a catch because you're going back and forth between like two decisions and then kind of multiplying the amount of decisions you have to make and then whatever and I feel like I don't know that was just such a good point to keep in mind I don't I can't even think of examples other than knowing oh I second guess myself all the time (laughs) and that that's like such a huge point to look through. Go ahead.
0: No, sorry. I was going to say you can't think of an example of second-guessing yourself. Don't you all have children? Oh, yeah. Don't your kids come back to you? It's like, wait, did you say no, I can't have this? Because I think you meant yes. I'm going to ask you this question 20 times.
2: Uh, I, yeah, like, no, oh, it's true. And, true. and I was actually <laughs> thinking about, do you ever try to guess your partner's choice, which is the really not a good thing to do? Uh-huh. And I do it way too much. And then I'm fatigued because I tried to make a decision that I thought he might like better instead of just communicating clearly and letting him decide. And my husband's gotten to the point, he's in a new job and he's learning a bunch of new tech. So he's stressed out a lot. He's like, "Hey, on the weekends, I want plans and I don't want to make them. So sometimes just being really clear with if you're doing something busy at work or you know this and that's going on, it's like, just say exactly with the partner anyway, for me with my partner, it's like, my husband and I are like trying to guess, second guess each other's decision. Well, what if maybe you want to do this more, and then why am I thinking about this too hard? And I'm second guessing what I guessed for you anyway. So mm. that's like a, that's what happens with me. So I, when you said that, I said I know about second guessing somebody else's decision.
1: And then- <laughs> yeah, you really good at calling me out for that because I'll be like, oh, well, you would want X, and he's like, oh, really? Like he's. Like- <laughs> Oh, right. um, okay. And then our like three year old loves to make choices or presume what our two year old wants. And we're like he like toddlers splains the other toddler. <laughs> And we're like, she can decide what she wants on her own. Like, just give her a minute and she will tell us what she wants. But then it, like, creates more anxiety in me because not only is he coming to me with his own requests in the morning for 13 different breakfast things, he's like, and I'm presuming uh, the two-year-old wants all of these things, too.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well you teach them now cuz i'm still learning i guess about presuming somebody's decision which not a good idea.
1: Well, it's yeah. So really let her live her life. <laughs> she will tell us. <laughs> and then we're like you can tell us. Uh, yeah, there is some kids you have to teach to speak up and i'm finding that there are some that naturally speak up and teach everybody mm-hmm. else how to speak up. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. But that was a good example Nicole. I think definitely when it comes to partners too, I was was thinking of some stories. Hey, I'm going for a story. Essentially what your partner did, you make all the decisions. And so sometimes I need to go back and be like, you know what? I don't want to make this decision. You figure that one out, right? Like, why do I need to make all the decisions? You do some decision making too.
1: (laughs) And that's the whole conversation itself is like the mental load that women hold, right? And that's literally one thing I put And our job description for a nanny is like, I want someone to take the mental load of this part of my life, like putting away toys and (laughs) like activities for my kids when I'm not here. Like those kind of like, I'll give you guidelines, but if you can take the mental load and I think that's like what decision fatigue is basically is like burdens Mm -hmm. from the mental load of making these micro choices every day too. so.
2: No, and I think too, you can also find your partner's area of genius or family members. And like for me, so like if I'm not sure what to make for dinner, I'll just say, Angel, what do you feel like eating? And he'll have tons of ideas like of what he might like. So I can make weekend plans. He can pick out food because remember I talked about how I don't really yeah. care about food. Just like I don't want my house. It's like those are two things that I'm like, eh. it's like, can we just eat and like live here? Uh, you know, uh-huh. and then. Other- yeah. <laughs> you know? And then there's other things like, um, what are we doing for the weekend? Oh, I love to go swimming in lakes. My kids like to be near the water. So I'm always like investigating state parks and all these rivers in Texas. And I like doing that. I like finding the places. And my husband does all the vacations too because he's really picky about certain things. So he does all the vacations. Do you guys find that sort of like as the time goes on, you kind of figure out who does what? That sort of has happened for us too. And maybe that's a little autopilot that we all need.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think... I think that's definitely true. But I, I wanted to say something about your, your food comment too. It's like even for the people sometimes who like cooking or who like really enjoy it, sometimes it can be a struggle still to come up with ideas sometimes. And so I was going to say another thing that we've done in our family to kind of like streamline things is we've actually sat down, again, p- planning ahead and doing the work ahead of time and made a list of like literally all the things that we like cooking and so when we can't think of it, we just pull out the list and we're mm. like, okay, there are the ideas. I don't have to think of them. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we no. we don't usually meal plan in the sense of like, you know, preparing food ahead of time, but we'll go through and we'll be like, what ingredients do we have? And then we'll write down like 10 ideas of things we could do. And they're not on a specific day. So it's not like specific day, um, but they're there. And so when we're like, what do we need to make for dinner, we can look at this list and be like, these are the ingredients we already have for these meals. So just pick one of those meals. They're right there. Just pick them. Just pick one. We have what we need.
2: Yeah, it's already ready. I love that. And then I love also, I read about one CEO who has dinner delivered every night already made. So she got rid of all that, too. Yeah, exactly. And, And that's good, too. And then also, there's people who love to cook like And they want to spend the time to be creative with it. And that's good. And I agree about having... We have like probably 10 meals that I know everybody will eat. So if I don't really know, I'm like, let me just make this pasta meal. Everybody will eat it type thing. Have you guys ever heard where people put like chili day, soup day, or they'll do like casserole day? Yeah, that's another thing um, that I've heard of.
1: That's like such an amazing thing. I know recently I heard of someone who... She meal planned, she was like doing a diet and she meal planned the whole semester. And then she like (gasps) cut out, she like even eliminated dishes she wouldn't need like for the thing. And she just like did, she was like, here's our weekly meal. And then we're just going to rotate it for the month or redo it. And then she cleaned out her kitchen and just ordered all the food. And that's what they were going to do for the next like three months
2: three months I know that's again what Melissa was talking about the front loading like you just get it all figured out and then you're not making a decision Mm -hmm. I think it's I think it's good I think it's really good to try to get that stuff done especially the stuff that you don't you don't feel creative about at all like you're like I just don't this is not
1: my area of genius cool well I love all of those ideas I um Yeah, I think we could all use a little bit more relief from the decision fatigue during COVID and just in business. And it's one of my favorite things to be to be liberated from. So I Mm -hmm. wish that the best to all of you. And if you want more episodes, um, we mentioned the childcare episode. You can go back and listen. You're welcome to come and hit subscribe. We'd love to see more of you. So. Thank you and best
0: to you and your enterprises. Hey, change makers. Thank you so much for tuning in to Her Enterprise episode 008, where we talk about the hot topic of managing decision fatigue. What I got from this episode was that female entrepreneurs who are moms have so many decisions that they need to manage, whether it's breakfast or things around the house or things to do with their business there's just so many decisions that need to happen and that's exhausting it's an exhausting thing to do so I hope you really got some strategies from this episode for how to delegate how to front load that work and how to just simplify it so that every day is a little bit easier And don't forget that if you're interested in that Mama's Talk Money Summit, you have to visit our website, her-enterprise.com, so that you can find the link and sign up for that free conference. The ladies from Her Enterprise are a woman's collective of knowledge, inspiration, and connection. We are change makers. This is is a podcast for the whole person. It is for you and your business. Let's grow. Let's flourish. Let's rise with Her Enterprise. Are you ready to be a changemaker? Hit subscribe.